For our scripture lesson this morning, we're going to turn to the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, and we'll be reading verses 7 through the end of the chapter, chapter uh, tw- verse 24. 1 Kings 17, beginning with verse 7, we read God's word there as follows. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. The him is Elijah, of course. Go at once to Serapath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Serapath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her, So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. This is the word of the Lord. One of my favorite hymns is uh, an old one, and it goes like this. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds and never-ending, never-failing skill, 
He treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his works in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. Well, the story we read in God's Word uh, together this morning is a story about trouble. It's about the uh, trial that comes to a, a Gentile woman and her son. And as we read, the story takes place in Seraphath. And that was a city where Baal was worshipped as the supreme god. And it was here that uh, God el- wanted Elijah to go. And when Elijah enters the city, he encounters a woman uh, gathering sticks, a woman who was a widow. And since he's uh, terribly thirsty and hungry from traveling the whole day, he asks the woman if she had something to drink and something to eat for him. And that's a real problem, of course, because uh, she only had enough flour and uh, oil for a little loaf of bread for her son and, and for herself. Elijah assures her that uh, his uh, flour, the flour would never be used up and uh, the oil would never run dry. And so she agreed to go get some bread, which took a lot of faith on her part, I might add. It was some time later that uh, trouble came to the woman's home in the uh, case that her son died. But Elijah assures her that uh, she, it was going to be all right. It was, uh, there, here's, here the, uh, woman certainly knows what, uh, what grief is all about. Obviously, sometime along the way, her husband had either left her, but more than likely he had died. And, uh, now her, uh, only son has died as well. And along with his death, uh, all of her hopes and dreams for the future died right along with him. She must have felt kind of like my niece did some time ago when her uh, 17-year-old son died in an automobile accident. Her son had some learning problems, and so she had spent hour upon hour helping him with his homework. But finally, he graduated from high school, and he was about to start junior college. And when my niece arrived on the scene, she said, why did this have to happen? I had so much wanted to see what he would become. And that's how this widow must have felt. All of the dreams which she had for her son, growing up, marrying uh, a a town's girl, uh, having children, being able to provide for her in her old age, as was the uh, the custom of that day, all those dreams were completely shattered. And she didn't know why. What a terrible predicament this uh, widow finds herself. However, it's in this this hard place that God comes and he ministers to her. It's here where uh, we find God's grace so plainly displayed as well. We want to look at that story this morning, and uh, we want to do so along three lines of thought. And first of all, we see what we might call the perplexity of God's ways. The perplexity of God's ways. 
as the song says, God moves in mysterious ways his wonders uh, to perform. Elijah comes along at a time in the uh, history of Revelation when uh, there was an enormous amount of revelation being displayed from God. Revelation which uh, was often accompanied by signs and wonders and miracles and the like. This becomes evident uh, here as Elijah comes to the home of the uh, widow and her son. Uh, there God revealed himself in a miraculous way, uh, and he saw to it that uh, the flower, woman's flower did not run out, the, uh, the oil did not uh, run dry. And so uh, we might expect that uh, this woman was going to experience more blessings along the way because she had been so blessed and that had a very positive spirit as a result of that, I'm sure. But that's not what happened. Instead, her little boy died and died uh, rather suddenly. Now, I have no idea what uh, Elijah might have been thinking at this particular point. Uh, maybe he was uh, thinking something along these lines. It'll be okay. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, God is in charge here. I'm sure that things will be taken care of. Or perhaps he was thinking... God, what in the world are you doing here? Why did you do this? Uh, it seems like an awfully harsh thing to, uh, to do to somebody who was uh, so kind to, to me, your servant, but was so kind to me. Well, we obviously don't know what he was thinking. But uh, uh, he had to be about as perplexed as what the woman was in this case. And I think most of us would probably be thinking along these lines as well, wondering why God would do that to, uh, to someone, not only who was kind, but someone who was an unbeliever. Certainly not good evangelism, is it, to, uh, to send uh, a, uh, something, some trial, some uh, great difficulty upon a woman that we're trying or a man that we're trying uh, to witness to. But we're often perplexed over the things that, that happen in our lives uh, in our, and in our world. And I think most of them would uh, say along with my niece, why? Why did this have to happen? Why did I, I lose all of my life saving in that, uh, that business that I started and which had failed? I had prayed about it. I had worked hard. I had been honest. I had uh, given generously to the church in spite of the fact that I wasn't making much money. And yet, I went broke. Or why did five innocent people going to the bank, anticipating to either withdraw or deposit some money, and instead be killed? Why, God? Couldn't you have done something about it? Couldn't you have stopped him? Couldn't you have him had an accident on his way to the bank or, or something like that? And God most certainly could have done that, of course. Why didn't he? Oh, we don't know why. We can speculate, uh, but the bottom line is that God does work very often in perplexing kinds of ways. Ways that cause us to ask, why? And I wonder how many of you might find yourself in this complexing kind of a situation today. 
Uh, maybe you're, you're trying to live a godly life, uh, trying to do the best that you can, and yet bad things keep happening to you. Things that cause you to ask why. Well, the second thing we see in this story then, and uh, what's so important for us to see in, in every uh, perplexing situation that we face, no matter what it might be, the love, loss of a loved one, uh, failed uh, 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 business endeavor, or whatever, whatever it might be. The second thing we see there is the humility of God's servant. When the boy stopped uh, breathing, the woman was uh, understand to be <laughs> distraught. Uh, for her at this point, all, all hope was gone. She, uh, she was hopeless. And she had uh, overcome with anguish and uh, bewilderment as well. And in verse 18, she says, uh, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Well, interestingly, Elijah didn't respond to her because there was, there was basically nothing that he could say at this particular point. He was uh, more than likely just as distraught as, as she was and possibly just as confused by it all. But what he does do, however, is uh, to take the boy upstairs, lay him on his bed, and for some reason <laughs> that, that uh, no one seems to understand, and including the commentators, he lays the boy, he lays on the boy three times, and then he prays. That's the key. That's the key. It, uh, in dealing with these perplexing kinds of things that come into our life, prayer. He humbles himself. Before the throne of God. And in verse 20, he prays, O Lord. O Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Elijah doesn't necessarily blame God for this uh, tragedy. But he simply doesn't understand. And we can kind of feel his pain right along with him, can't we? But rather than trying to uh, give an answer to the widow, he immediately turns to God in prayer. And he, he humbly pleads with him on behalf of the poor widow. The words that Elijah uses in this prayer are very uh, similar to the language that the widow used as well. They're words that arise out of uh, pure agony as well as a lack of, of understanding of God's ways and uh, his purposes. It seems as though what Elijah is uh, doing here is taking the widow's pain, taking the widow's hurt on himself, and he lays it at the feet of God, begging him to listen. Oh, there's such power in prayer. So much power when we, we humble ourselves before God. As a songwriter puts it, have you trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. 
And you know what? We have a God who answers prayers. Because of the fact that he understands. He knows what we're going through. And God did more than simply hear Elijah's prayer. But the Bible tells us that he heard Elijah's cry. In other words, he, he heard the, the agony and the pain which, which lie behind those words. God doesn't just hear our words. But he also hears the sincerity and he hears the depth of emotions uh, that accompany those words as well. He hears that pain and he knows what, what that is. He knows what pain is. He experienced that as he saw his son dying on the cross. He knows. God wants us to pour out our hearts to him. He wants us to come boldly, but humbly, humbly as well, before the throne of mercy and of grace, begging him to hear our petitions. Jesus says to him, uh, says to us, come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God heard Elijah's pain, and it moved him to compassion and tender pity simply because that's who our God is. He could do no other than uh, react in that way. The God who's always moved by the prayers of his people. In the midst of our wise, we have to humble ourselves and pray. So often, like the, the woman, we, we try to look behind the event. As the woman uh, says, is it my sin? Is that why I'm being punished? And sometimes we, we want to see that. We want an answer. But God says, no, you don't have to know the answer. All you have to know is that I hear and that I respond. God, we, all we need to do is humble ourselves before God. And prayer like Elijah did, and, and God in some miraculous way, not necessarily in bringing our loved one back to life or, or healing our, our business or, or whatever it might be, but he'll bring healing in the midst of our pain. Then the third thing that we uh, see, we see not only the perplexity of God's way, we not only see the humility of God's servant, But in the third place, we see the revelation of God's people. We see uh, what happens as a result of Elijah's prayer. After the uh, child is uh, revived and after he's handed back to his mother, he says, she says, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is truth. The Gentile woman had come to faith. And that's really what, uh, that's really the heart of this story. The woman was moved from, uh, the, uh, sin of unbelief to belief. She came to understand that there is, is only one God and that that God is not Baal. 
Instead, he's the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, as well as the God of Elijah. A God whose word is yes and amen in our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, it's a trustworthy word. The word uh, of God is faithful, and, and so we can completely lean on its trustworthiness as well. When we get to the end of that trial, you'll see God, the God who perplexes, is the God who is faithful. Faithful to the promise to to make all things ultimately uh, work together for our good. Even our tragedies. Not just the good things, even our tragedies. And there's five things that are needed in order to uh, fight that uh, basic sin of unbelief that we find in this story of uh, Elijah and the widow. And first of all, and uh, most importantly as well, you always have to remember that God loves you. If you're a Christian uh, this morning, if uh, you have a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and be assured that he loves you. And assured that he loves you even more than you love yourself. He's forgiven your sins. He's adopted you uh, into his household, into his family. He's made you an heir. He's made you a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He's given you the, the promise of glory. He loves you deeply. And then secondly, uh, you have to remember that God's uh, God's love is such that he gave his one and only begotten son. He gave his son uh, to die. He gave the son of his love to shed his blood. He gave him to literally become our substitute, to bear the wrath that that our sins deserve, so much he loves you. In fact, he, he actually loves you more than he loved his son. He doesn't pour out his wrath against us. He did that against his son. He doesn't ever forsake us. He did that to his son. So that doesn't ever have to Come against us. Then thirdly, uh, we have to uh, remember to meditate on Scripture. The Scripture which says, He that spared not his own son, but freely delivered him up for us all. How shall he not, along with him, freely give us all things? He'll give us uh, all things that are ultimately for our healing. Not all things, uh, treasures or possessions or, or whatever, but all things that are necessary and will ultimately bring us healing and will bring glory to his name and all the things that will, will bring us into the very presence of God. Then in the fourth place, you have to bear in mind that What you might think is best for you in that situation might not be. What you think is best is not necessarily 
what it is that you need at that particular juncture. We have to leave that in the hands of him who doesn't only know today, but also knows all of our tomorrows. And therefore, really does know what's best for us. Then in the fifth place, we have to learn how to pray, your will be done. The Apostle Paul says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therein to be content. Contentment sure isn't very easy to find in the midst of our those dark hours that we experience. But it's needed in order to move on with life and to not be uh, overwhelmed by the situation, those trials and those difficulties. That's what God has promised. He promised that he will give us contentment, that he will walk with us through the many trials of our lives. God often does, most certainly allows us to to live with very perplexing situations. He most certainly does, as the song says, move in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. But in the midst of those trials and difficulties, we have to look to God. We have to, uh, the God who reveals himself more and more as we struggle through life. And we'll begin to see more clearly the truth of his word and be led to believe to a greater degree than what we ever have. What is it that might be happening in your life right now? Perhaps it's something that causes you to ask why. Why did this have to happen to me? Why did this have to happen to my loved one? Why, why, why? Be assured that God knows why. And that he will walk with you through that trial, that difficulty, that thing that uh, causes so much pain and misery in your life. And he will walk right along with you because he loves you. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your promises to us. The promise to to make things work together for our good, even though we can't see that at the time. The promise to walk with us in our pain. The awareness of the fact that you know what that's all about. Because you experience the greatest pain as you offered up your son as a sacrifice for us. Father, we thank you so much. And we pray that we may come to understand your ways better. That we may be brought into closer fellowship with you as we see you so readily and diligently at work in our lives. This we pray in Christ's name alone. Amen.